It is time for me to welcome our guest today. Sharona D is no stranger to Elevated or Radio Pulpit. She's a phenomenal lady. And the last time I spoke to her, uh, we spoke about some of her coaching, but also her testimony. Today, we're going to do the same. Sharona D coming to us um, all the way, I think, from KZN. Sharona will tell us now whether she's still around that side. She is a coach, a speaker, a social media influencer, and a daughter of God with a beautiful testimony. Sharona D., good morning and welcome to Elevated. Thank you for your beautiful words. And it's always wonderful and what an honor to sit and have a almost like a little um, remote cup of coffee and a chat. And we invite every listener to get comfortable and just absorb what they are needing to hear today. Absolutely. Now, Sharona is a speaker as well. She's a transformational coach and practitioner, as I said, and she always shares strategies for a life with less overwhelming feelings and anxiety. And uh, yeah, if you're looking for a good speaker for this year, 2024, she is definitely someone to consider. Sharona, the last time we spoke to you, you opened up so beautifully and freely about some of your own personal struggles, your medical struggles. And I know last year, uh, 2023 was also a bit of a tough year for you, but you overcame and you are victorious. Can we perhaps pick up the conversation there by just sharing some of the challenges that you overcame last year with us? Jenna, thank you for your question. I believe that we all are faced with challenges and I never believe in comparing challenges or trauma. Mm. And my my first health little hiccup was a knee replacement and there were absolute um some consequences to that as I had developed um, blood clots. <clears throat> and in saying that, when they were doing the Doppler test, my husband was standing behind the specialist and, of course, he could see what the specialist was seeing and I saw him get very nervous. And the one who never, ever carries a phone had his phone with him. And he took a photo of the screen and lying there and observing this, I thought this is quite odd because mm. my husband really does not love technology at all. And um, I then was transferred to another ward and kept an eye on 24-7 because, of course, these blood clots can lodge and go and, you know, have I could suffer with a pulmonary embolism. embolism. And the long and the short of it here really is that while I was already undergoing the Doppler test, the Holy Spirit said to me, call out to your army. And I heard it so clearly. I didn't know exactly in that moment what it meant. But when I got back into my hospital room, I typed and sent a message on Facebook, mm. which is strange because I never do that. I usually reach out to a small circle of friends who are my prayer warriors and who stand in the gap. And I cannot remember typing it. When I read it back, I'm like, yes, those are my words. But that's the Holy Spirit leading me in that prayer request. And I realize now when we look back why I needed to do it on social media and why that large platform, because the miracle happened mm. um, a few days ago, I really felt very, very ill. And they rushed me back and they started doing the Doppler to see where these clots had moved to. And they couldn't find a single one 
Not wow. a single one. And then they started doubting and they said, but maybe the previous scans were incorrect because the there's no way that they would have just disappeared. And we had that photo that Duan had taken to show them the location and where they were. And they were just absolutely gobsmacked and they just, wow. And I said, no, this is, this is the way that God works. This is a miracle. Mm. And I knew that the miracle was really for them the people on my platform to be part of and witness of that, for them to feel that they can see and live and breathe a miracle with me. And we were so excited that this testimony was everybody's. If I had just sent it to my small circle of friends, which Mm -hmm. I usually do, the miracle would maybe not have gone as viral as what it did. So we just... We're just so grateful and we just praise God in those moments of obedience. Um, I think back now I'm like, oh, I was, I don't like being that very, very vulnerable with my health. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course the rehab started. It wasn't pretty. I was crying a lot. There was a lot of pain. I had to learn to walk again. And more than that, I had a purpose and a vision because two and a half years ago, we planned to go to France. Mm-hmm. to go and support the spring bucks. And um, there were a few people that said to me, Sharona, your leg won't be strong enough to navigate that trip. And I was just like, uh-uh, near, near, near. God is going to help me. And this leg is going to walk those cobblestones of France. So <clears throat> I was very excited that I got on the plane. The one day we walked 24 kilometers yeah. now listen Mensa and Jenna I think if you you've known me long enough and you follow my page I am not the exercise bunny <laughs> I'm not that one no I'm not the jumping along and love sweating person not at all when I walk 24 k's I probably do that over a period of six months so <laughs> in every step God was there and in every step his miracle was evident so when we look wow. back at those photos we will remember that not just our dreams of a lovely holiday in France but once again around mind of God's faithfulness and favor. Oh, glory to God, Sharona. I, I do want to say every time I listen to your testimony uh, and the different aspects of it, it's so inspirational. Now, we do know that when people hear our testimonies, they're inspired, they're motivated. But when you're living through a testimony, it's a complete different story. I do want to ask you with all the challenges that we've spoken on this show about uh, the challenges with your skin. Uh, you've gone through things like this knee replacement, the blood clots. Then there is the hearing loss and having to learn to walk again. When you go through so much, uh, Sharona, and perhaps somebody sitting at home today, everybody's excited because it's a new year. They have new plans, mm. but they've been through so much and they might be feeling like, really, I just can't take it anymore. I, I don't mm. know how to get up again. From your experience, when you go through so many mm. challenges coming at you all the time so consistently, how do you manage to get back up again? I love that question, and I'm going to take this a little bit away from the faith-centeredness because I believe that all the listeners today are not on the same level of their faith journey. Mm -hmm. Some are maybe fired, some are questioning, some are mad, some are sad. And because of that, when I answer something like this, it's actually more now from my professional and from a practitioner's perspective because we've got to find balance. Um, A lot of times people are so disheartened when they receive a scripture and they receive, you know, God gives you 
um, burdens that he knows you can deal with. And in, and sometimes when uh, someone is receiving that on the other side, they actually feel more demotivated. Mm-hmm. So even with my clients, when I sit daily and the wonderful thing is I'm Christ-centered, but I serve clients that are from many different belief systems. And then how do we find balance in bouncing back? How do we build a resilience muscle? And I'm going to share... <laughs> I'm going to share a very practical insight because I do believe that many times we share stories, but we don't give practical tools afterwards. Mm. And then it's like, okay, I hear you, but how, what does this mean for me? Um, and, and this is a wonderful opportunity. So to the viewers, I'm going to share practically what I did. Um, I also had a stroke. I had a second stroke and I was really demotivated when I woke up that morning and I realized what had happened again. Mm. Um, a second stroke, 18, 18 months apart. So the very first thing I do have quite a wicked sense of humor and when I realized praise the Lord the blood clot went through the same side of my ear again so the little bit of hearing I have in my right ear is still there Mm. so I said to Duan oh my lovey at least you can't go deaf twice okay that was (laughs) the first thing I said and then I sat and I burst out crying and I realized I need to sit in all my emotions. I need to really just give myself time. I um, I rescheduled my clients in my practice and I took seven days off. And then what I sat, and these are the practical tools that we can do, is we need to really understand our emotions and balance them with the truth. So on a beautiful platform like this, many people are Christ-centered and they know they can go and find truth in the promises of God in Scripture. Mm. But how do we not separate and push away those that are maybe not so 100% understanding where they are? Maybe there's a trauma and they're a little bit mad at God or they think they are a little forsaken. How do we give them hope? And this is practically what I did. So I'm going to share it. I picked up my phone and I said, Sharona, you are giving yourself seven days airtime to sit in your emotion, seven days. And on my phone, I set a reminder, seven days later, it said, get up and go. And in seven days, I felt the mad, I felt the sad, I felt the denial because of course, with this specific stroke, it leaves tremendous noise in my head and I still can't hear my voice. So I'm so grateful the people that can hear my voice can hear it, but I've lost the interpretation to still hear my speech. Mm. So now it's worse because I've got extra noise in my head. And but I realize where the Afrikaans saying comes from, because I can say, okay, my because I just hear all this noise and that's why I struggle hearing people because I need to like I'm like you need to speak above the noise in my head right now because everything's going all over the place and then after that I sat up and for the first time sought strategy Mm. because now we find balance now I'm like okay this is the reality but how much of that is emotion Mm. can I still continue purpose Can I still get up? Can I get through the pain? Who are the doctors and the specialists that I now need to bring in to balance what is true, what is really happening with my body? What does it look like to balance emotion with my brain? In other words, that's practical strategy. So then during the day, and I think this is very important for the viewers, for the listeners. So I'm so used to doing viewers, for the (laughs) listeners to understand Mm. that 
when you take a blank piece of paper and you go in, for me, I'm going to do an illustration. Let's say my stroke in that season was like a big circle. It would take up almost half Mm -hmm. of that page and I would draw a big circle and in it, I would write stroke. And I'm like, okay, but what are the other things in my life? It's not just the stroke where I've got voices. I've got a practice. So I draw a smaller circle. I've got clients. I'm a mom. So that's a smaller circle. I've also got to still be a mom. I'm a one. Um, I have my, you know, own little one or two bubbles and circles that I need to deal with. So then what I do, and this is the 2024 vision, I would love every listener to embrace and listen carefully. Honor your capacity. Mm-hmm. And when you can honor your capacity, Jenna, do you know what happens? Mm. You go one step back and you're like, okay, what does this look like? It means I need clarity. So, you know, the work I do with clients is that we are clarity seekers, but we just sometimes need another person to help us because we are a bit stuck in overwhelm and anxiety. So now I'm like, okay, what is the one thing in my practice that I can do a little bit easier or Mm -hmm. release myself from? What is the one thing as a mom that I can do a little bit easier? So do you see I'm actually focusing on the smaller things first? Decline yakal sees those smaller things where there's still voices. And by making my brain understand, okay, there's a solution. I'm going to see one less client this week to Mm. honor my capacity. I'm going to do one less run to the mall. I'm going to plan better as a mom so that I've got more time. Do you see how I slowly, I'm going to pack my husband's course blicky the night before the time because Mm. then I've got more capacity to start the morning easier. Practical, practical tools. Mm. And then when I have more capacity in the smaller things, that big thing, that big stroke circle doesn't seem like it's taking up everything of my life because my brain is building new neural pathways. It says she's not stuck in a stroke. She's more than a stroke. She's still doing all the other things, moving forward, moving forward, creating little open doors of hope in the other areas of of my life, which means I feel more in control and I create more balance. So every day Mm -hmm. my brain sees hope and an open door of movement. I'm not stuck. And you know what? I think when we get more capacity, our beakers become bigger. Our beakers don't shrink around. Like, I don't want people to say, oh, Sharona equals a stroke or Sharona equals cancer. No, Mm. no. That thing is still going to sit there. And listen, it's going to sit there for a long time. But my beaker became bigger because I created more capacity in areas that I can control, in Mm. areas that I can say, hey. So, you know, when clients sit in front of me and we draw these circles, oh, I draw circles every day and they're ugly. Listen, don't picture pretty circles because I'm like, Mm. just grab a piece of paper, draw a circle because you need this illustration in your head. But my biggest advice and Mm. invitation is for listeners to honor capacity. And this happens in all ages. And Mm. I want to share not just my own journey. I want to share my 17-year-old son's insight this year. Sharona, Sharona, Mm. I'd I'd love for you to just hold that thought. I want to unpack the statement that you are making that this year we need to honor our capacity. We we quickly delve into uh, what exactly this means to honor your capacity. Um, We also take a look at whether your worth is is connected to a number or not something that Sharona speaks on as well mm-hmm. as a prayer for the overwhelmed. If you are just starting, mm-hmm. 
your year and you might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed. We are speaking to Sharona D uh, this morning to really just kickstart your 2024 on a good note. She is a phenomenal uh, life coach as well, speaker and uh, just an all-round influencer to help influence you in your mental health and your goals for this year. Sharona, you spoke now about a very interesting phrase, which is to honor your capacity. You say that should be our goal for the year. Perhaps just for a minute or two, unpack that for us. You know what? I'm going to unpack it in a very, um, in a real story. I currently have a 17-year-old son in grade 11. So when we say honor our capacity, it means we know what you say yes to and we know what you say no to. Now, if there are parents out there, they'll remember that grade 11 students is all about leadership for grade 12. Do you remember those days, Jenna? Mm -hmm. Grade 11, everybody's singing about who's going to be prefect and who's going to be head boy and head girl. And mid-year, he mentioned when it's the prize giving and when these leaders are going to be chosen. So I said, oh, wonderful. Do you think you're going to, um, you know, be chosen for your portfolio? And he turned to me, Jenna, and you know what he said? Mm -hmm. Get ready for this. He says, mom, no, I never applied because I'm honoring my capacity. Oh, wow. Because I only want to focus on my academics now. Next year. Ah, oh, Yella, I felt, I didn't know how I felt. As a parent, I felt so proud. I'm like, oh my goodness, this child's yeah. been in my house way too long. He's hearing everything <laughs> and he's learning like all the tricks. My heart was sore because I was like, he's such a brilliant leader. But do you see that that did not define his worth? Mm. Because a leader for a year is not going to help you carve time out for clarity so that you know how to honor your capacity. And you know what? A lot of people don't know how to honor capacity because they don't know their values. So they're saying yes to the right things and the wrong things. So go and sit down, define what your three core values are for 2024. If it's transparency, if it's rest, if it's respect, whatever that is. So many, so many uh, values to choose from. And that's going to help you already just anchor yourself. Mm. When someone says something to you, ask yourself, is that aligning with the values and the vision you have for 2024? Mm -hmm. Because if you're saying yes, but it's not actually, then we know that you're a people pleaser. And yes, it's difficult to break up with being a people pleaser. <laughs> but here's the thing. We want you to honor your capacity. So get mm -hmm. the clarity first. Sit and do the homework. Figure out what your values are because values give you clarity. And if we teach ourselves this and our family members we are going to feel less overwhelmed oh, that that actually leads me to my next question we're starting the year and a lot of us uh, are asking ourselves the question that you uh, spoke about on your social media uh, last year which is whether our worth is connected to a number or not because you're thinking in order for my year to be successful i need to mm. earn this much i uh, must be uh, i don't know uh, there must be a certain number connected to my success this year mm. otherwise mm. i don't have any value just briefly mm. talk to us about that please you know i think here we can actually clearly um use scripture as a guideline, you know, when we looked at the the talents, there were numbers involved, right? There were numbers involved with talents. So I always tell someone, you know what, when you are using your talents or you're aligned with purpose, and those are the numbers that are pushing you, I'd say that you are in a good path. In other words, if you set yourself to speak 
or, or to um to look at how you're going to use your talents and your giftings and you're setting a goal and it might be number related, I'd say absolutely go for it. But here's the thing. How many people are not going to start a diet journey now in January? Mm-hmm. Jenna, my heart sinks because I have come full circle with self-acceptance. Mm. And you know what? Yes, a number on a scale will forever be there. But you know what? We need to self-advocate with numbers. So what does that mean? I've got to go in for biometrics every three months. I've got to climb on a scale. I walk in and I'm happy. And then I tell the nursing staff I'm leaving the exact same way I entered. So I turn my back to the scale because the number doesn't define me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they laugh every time when they measure me, they say, can't we share your numbers because it's looking so good. I go, the numbers do not define me. You need it for my medical history. I don't need to know them because it's not going to influence my value, my worth or my emotion. How I entered is how I want to leave. When we have children that participate in things like swimming, where everything is about a number or athletics, it's all about a a number. Did your child get the point one second off their hurdle run or whatever the case is? How are we setting them up for success? So we have to have other measurables. And I work so much with teenagers with this very thing. And I say, right, these are your goals. But I see a lot of that is numbers related. What about endurance? What do we link to that, that we can rather say on a scale of one to 10, what did you give yourself for endurance? Mm. Or what did you give yourself for um, completely just showing up, being resilient? So yes, numbers are always going to be in our life. But if we work on them alone, your worth is going to wobble. So we set up, we counteract the balance. That's where the brain comes in. So that even if we did not achieve the number, We've already got a scale on something else that's going to give us more balance. And that's where we build the new neural pathways in our brain. Our brain doesn't feel that we've that it's let us down because of a number. And whether that's your salary, whether that's the amount of followers, you've got to ask yourself, did one peep what did one person find value in my content? Then yes, I showed mm. up and I did what I needed to do. I don't look at all anymore at followers. I don't look at anything like that on my social media. I post what's on my heart and I just run with it because I always listen to Holy Spirit and I know when I must post something. So it's it's a different driving force. Mm. But here's the thing. Today's listeners are going to be so aged, different ages from young to old. So the one really good rock solid advice is if you already know that you get thrown by numbers, go and make a list on the left-hand side in your little notebook, whether it's weight, whether it's a running time, doesn't matter. Then ask yourself, what are the two characteristics that I want to link to it? Two values, maybe. Did I show up? Was I committed? And and when you want to look at that number that you were disappointed in, ask yourself on a scale of one to 10, how much did I show up? Hey, but I showed up Nine out of 10 times, but yeah. hey, 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 that speaks louder. That speaks louder than yeah. than that 1.2 seconds that you didn't make. So then we rather just keep balancing the emotion with truth. Mm. Truth is what our brain will help us with. And then, of course, if you are Christ-centered, we know and we stand on God's word Amen. and what we are because of who he is in us. His spirit is victorious. Oh, Jenna, he has split the oceans for us and he is so 
ever present in our life. And I love it that we can stand on on so much more than medicine, so much more than, you know, these belief systems. Yeah. But I always have to balance it out to the to the listeners that are maybe not strongly rooted in their faith at this given moment in time when they listen to this, that they know, but okay, there's other practical strategies that can also get me through. Uh, Sharona, as we know, the beginning of the year and even the end of the year can be very stressful for many people. Um, As you see people going back to work, perhaps you're unemployed, you're sitting at home, you're overwhelmed by all the challenges that you know might be waiting for you, overwhelmed by your own goals. You're just overwhelmed by the thought that this is a new year, I've got so much to achieve and perhaps I don't even have all the answers. We do see an increase in suicides, for instance, over the festive season because people just get so overwhelmed and depressed. You recently posted, uh, or rather it was last year, May already, on your social media, a prayer for the overwhelmed that was based on Psalm 34 verse 17. I, perhaps in conclusion, would just like to ask you for some advice and perhaps a prayer for our listeners who might be feeling overwhelmed at the beginning of this year. Lovely. So shall we go into prayer? Yeah. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that no matter where this listener is sitting, Father, you really are a breath away. Father, we know that goals can be overwhelming. Father, we know that pressures and voices and and Pinterest perfection is almost poisoning. Father, we know that there's so many boxes that we need to tick. And Lord Jesus, we know that the world just sometimes feels like it's pressing in too much. And in that moment where so many people are surrounded by loved ones and support systems, there are also those that are very, very lonely. Mm. And Father, in these moments, we ask that we just sit in a space of gratitude. Father, if we can identify the two or three small things in that moment that we can truly feel blessed by, even when things are very overwhelming. We can say thank you for our breath. We could say thank you for our home. Thank you for the breeze we feel on our skin. Because the moment, Lord, we step into a space of gratitude, Mm. we know that that's the beautiful place in the brain where anxiety, unfortunately, also takes place. And we cannot be anxious and grateful at the same time. Father, we ask that you will please help us connect with the right resources to know that we're not alone. Mm -hmm. And that can be pastors, it can be cell groups, it can be coaches, it can be those people that you just supernaturally bring into our lives. Father, we ask that you please protect and guard our hearts because we know that everything flows from that and that we will also guard not just our hearts, but our brain. And when our thoughts go into these toxic cycles, that you will help guide us, pick up a notebook and note them down and not suppress them and not need to find solutions in that moment, Lord, but they would, you will just bring an awareness so that when I do and when we do connect with the right resources, we know, okay, there is hope. When we note those two or three down, we think that there might be hundreds, but the truth is there's only those one or two or few things, Lord, and we know that you will help guide us in supernatural breakthrough. Father, we pray this in the powerful and the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. That was uh, the voice of Sharona D. And Sharona, so much advice even just in that prayer of yours. I heard you praying a lot for people to find the right resources. How important is it as a transformational coach and practitioner yourself 
how important do you deem it for us to get a coach for this year to get somebody that can mentor you or speak into your life I think it's vital and this is not at all from a movement of self-promotion. I'm the worst person to promote myself. Um, I've just been blessed with, with so much breakthrough and, um, just the, the, the mannerism in which we as, as practitioners can really understand, um, balance, can understand how numbing anxiety and how real it is. And to just help decompartmentalize and more than that, Jenna, to find a safe place. I always say my practice is Vegas, whether you're online or in practice here, it's a safe place. Um, I'm working now more and more with teenagers and parents who are just very overwhelmed. And then, of course, business owners who are breadwinners that need to support their families and where do you start? And you know what? More than that is to do your research. You know, as practitioner, I sit and I work with where you are currently and where you're wanting to be and what's holding you back. And it's it's a beautiful, sacred journey that I don't share with anybody else but you. And that's why I don't share testimonies because this is a sacred journey. Mm. And the lovely thing is because I have a beautiful network of fellow I'm a psychologist, psychiatrist, and GPs, and we all work together. That if I work with the clients and I see, you know what, mm-hmm. he has a deep seated trauma from years ago that we may be just needing to bring in one other specialist because the the horrible thing is when when you're in that space of overwhelm and yes, I'm on call now because it's you know this is the highest amount of suicides is from now till mid Jan. Mm-hmm. And to say, uh, so many people don't know where to start. They don't mm-hmm. know where to go when mm-hmm. they're in crisis. So many people start with me and we start because I build rapport, they build trust. Mm-hmm. But the very last thing we want, Jenna, is to be over When someone sits and shares their heart with you, it takes a lot. And I never want to send, okay, now you need to go there and then you need to be tested there and then you're going to go there. That is that is the worst thing that can happen to someone. Mm-hmm. I've had clients this year that have been to six different people before they got to me and finally now have found a place of safety and of rapport and they've just said they're not seeing anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I wish that we had known better. So find someone that you immediately feel a deep connection of trust with yeah. and safety emotional safety and then trust that person when they say listen we might need to make a little pause because this thing that happened years ago in your life I can suggest we're going to touch base with that person who specializes in that and Mm. then when you when we've healed a bit more in that we're going to come back to your sessions with me so that's That's, my approach yeah Yeah. and Um, that's so yeah. No, so, sorry for the interruption. I never want someone to feel overcounseled and I never want someone to feel alone. Yeah, that That's is so important. Biggest. Yeah, that is so important. We don't want you to feel alone. Um, and very interesting what Sharona just shared there about being overcounseled, a concept that I have never heard of. It's important for you to get help. It's important for you to get guidance. Um, and Sharona is also available, of course, with um, social media and technology these days. You can connect with her from anywhere in the world. Her website, if you would like to contact her, is SharonaD.com. SharonaD.com. It is C. H-E-R-O-N-A-D, SharonaD.com. She's a speaker, transformational coach, and practitioner. And, uh, of course, a 
incredible, incredible speaker, as you just heard today. Sharona, thank you so much for your time today, for giving our listeners a bit of guidance to kickstart their year. And we truly appreciate you that uh, you also come and share your testimony. May God continue to bless you, to keep you and make you stronger and stronger for the sake of his kingdom. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jenna.